Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 19. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Now, tonight, it's just me and you, Dana. Um, we've got a couple of uh, a couple of people who, yeah, well, they'll be back next week. We've got Geordie, we've also got Shalise, but um, Dana, there is a lot of flu going around. There's a fair bit of COVID, but me and you, we, we managed to avoid it. Um, obviously, our listeners, um, yeah, a lot of positive feedback for you, sort of, I guess, powering through um, that, that episode a couple back there where you sort of lost your voice. So, um, yeah, to everyone that's a little bit unwell at the moment, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully you guys are getting better. And, um, Dana, some really good commitment there shown by you. Um, it just goes to show your love for rugby league. Let's dive straight into it, my friend. Um, yeah, let, let's drive straight into the mailbox. The question that we've got is who is the best centre in the game right now? Uh, I'm just, I have to go with Jazzy Olam. Like, he's just such a speedster. He's everywhere and everywhere on the field. There is not a play that he's not involved in where he doesn't have a significant um, a role to play. Uh, he's never just kind of there on the field. Like, he's always in a play, and if it's a play, it's to it's a try assist, it's a getting a try, it's a line break, it's anything, and he's kind of just one of those players that's so versatile that he's just such a key component for Melbourne, and I'm stoked that he's ours. Dana, I actually found him quite one-dimensional, um, you know, during the early stages of his career. Obviously, you know, he established himself in the game as a, as a massive sort of defensive player. But over the last couple of seasons, he's added the attack side. He's got a little bit of a pass in his game, so I think that's been outstanding. And then one of the things that I'm noticing with Justin is he's very vocal um, at the moment. And you can just tell, look, you are not going to be successful in the Melbourne Storm system, unless you're a big communicator. So obviously, you know, Justin, he's had a he's had a massive journey through that rugby league pathway systems there in Melbourne and, uh, yeah, absolutely elite. I oh, know I like that one for sure. Look, for me, uh, look, it, it's Joey Manu for me. I, I think he's, he's on another level at the moment, playing a spectacular football. Um, and when you think about some of the rep players who sort of play centre – there are a lot of fullbacks that are sort of shifting into that role. So, um, look, for me, yeah, Joey Mano and, and, you know, the Roosters, it's been a little bit of an indifferent start to the season. In fact, I, I felt like, um, you know, Tedesco, he's still finding his way with his combination with Kiri and young Sam Walker, so much so that I feel like their strike weapon at the moment is Joey. So, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely their key player. But... Dana, it wouldn't be the NRL show if I didn't show a little bit of bias and a little bit of love to my Newcastle Knights. And Dane Gagai, he has been unreal, uh, unreal for the Knights. I obviously have a uh, soft spot for him. You know, he came to our club when we were at the absolute bottom. Um, Some of the performances that that obviously the the club was producing at that time, really, really difficult. To have have Gags come back to the club, um, it's it's awesome. Gives us another um, element, another dimension in our attack. So, yeah, a little bit of a shout-out there for Dane Gagai, but uh, Joey Manu for me. All right, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith, this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! Andrew Goff, inside for Elba. You just knew something special was going to happen. 
Yeah, and this week in All Ball, our Player in Focus segment, we uh, we keep the Legends series rolling and we dive into all things Boyd Cordner. Dana, you know, it's a little bit difficult for me as a Newcastle Knights supporter because quite often we do see some absolute superstars from the Newcastle Hunter region. Boyd Cordner was in our system as a junior and uh, we, we let him go, we let him slip and the Sydney Roosters came in and pinched him. So, um, but yeah, obviously goes on and has an incredible career. But, you know, Dana, you know, if we, if we take it all the way back to his early years, he was a little bit of an unlucky junior. Very, very talented, but had a couple of serious um, sort of knee injuries and, um, you know, Credit to the Sydney Roosters. They took a chance on a talented junior who'd had some injury troubles and, and the Newcastle Knights passed on him. So um, whilst, you know, a little little bit of, uh, yeah, it's a little bit difficult as a Knights fan, um, yeah, great effort there from the Roosters picking up Boyd. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a loss for Newcastle and I think that's an issue that I think a lot of teams sometimes, you just don't realise how good someone is until they're gone. Um, you know, you've got modern-day people that at the moment how people will move a club because of, like, it's a money thing. It's driven by money at the moment. But I think back when Cordner was coming in, it was definitely a skills thing and they just couldn't keep him and just were, like, didn't see the potential that obviously the Roosters saw in him. And, you know, Pharaoh, because on debut, what, 2012 came in, played his first game against my IT Melbourne Storm. Um, They obviously went down 44-4 and he was the only one that scored the try. So, you know, it's back in 2012 that was uh, an era where obviously it's the Roosters. They're kind of a consistent team. It's They never have any major falls um, regardless of dropping out of that top eight. But I think that he was just such a pivotal player for, you know, a good eight years in that team. And unfortunately, due to some injuries and, like you said, his knees, but obviously the end of all, you know, that goes constant concussions that just come with the game, took him out at eight years of playing. But it was just he's... Uh, astronomical achievements that he's had in those eight years is just unfathomable. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, look, just quickly on the Newcastle thing, you see Littrell Mitchell, uh, Danny, Greg Inglis, I don't know if you've heard of him. He was a pretty good footballer. And then Boyd Cordner. So anyway, um, obviously there's a big focus on our junior pathways at the moment. Can we you stop? stop letting people go oh, that, because that, yeah, can that's, we... that's terrible. That is, that's a joke. Can we, uh, can <laughs> we yeah, exactly. Can we quit that? You know, the, the future legends of our game, can we kind of um, sign them up and just see how they go once they're in first grade? Anyway, I guess you can't keep them all. And um, the Sydney Roosters take a, uh, take a big chance on, on Boyd. Um, he goes into the Roosters system. Um, Dana, you, you hit that point on, you know, some of the, these top clubs just have that ability to attract um, players. Um, you know, Boyd, he was recently interviewed um, and spoke about his connection with the owner, Nick Pilatus, who, you know, Boyd Boyd spoke about, you know, he was having a surgery, he woke up from surgery, and he's this multi-multi-millionaire owner of the club at the end of his bed at 16 years of age. I mean, you know, the Roosters, they cop a lot of flack, a little bit of funds poked at them when it comes to the salary cap, but it's things like that that you don't see behind the scenes um, that really makes them a special club. Uh, and also the coach, Trent Robinson, you know, players are really looking to connect in with the best coaches in the game, and Trent Robinson is certainly one of that. Uh, I guess, Dana, obviously the, the way it ended, you know, with the concussions, very disappointing um, and certainly prematurely ends what was an unbelievable career. As you mentioned, sort of, you know, eight or nine years, you know, his, his career went for. But, you know, Dana, whilst it was a short career, he achieved everything. You know, obviously representing the Sydney Roosters, winning premierships, representing and you know, captaining his state, captaining his country. I mean, Dana, it, it was a shorter career than probably what he would have liked, but... He achieved everything in the game. 
Yeah, and I think I'm I'm recently I've had two concussions in three months, and that's just from shooting gigs. So looking at playing rugby as well as a, something else down the line, that's a concern that I have, and I haven't even started playing yet. So I think if they can go into this kind of having that skill and that capability, but you know having to choose your health or playing doing what you love, I think that's something that's it's really like he has to be held for, um, held highly for. That you know that's not an easy decision to make to walk away from what you you want to be doing for your entire life, you know, at such a young age because of injuries. But, yeah, like you said, Dan, it's just consistently in the ANZET tests, playing for Australia, you know, New South Wales. Like when he played, they didn't win that many origins, but, you know, getting on that team and still having that um, that rep footy, like the skills that you've got to have to get on that team is unbelievable to say the least, let alone you know, Dally M winner for second rower of the year. Like he's just got accolades upon accolades. And I just, he'd never really kind of stood out as those people that you remember. He's not like your Cam Smith or, you know, your Dane Gagai's or, you, you know, people that you will remember. I think he's well, kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Well, let's dive, um, in. let's dive into that, Dana, because you're exactly right. Like, when it comes to Boyd Cordner, you don't think of Sonny Bill Williams. You don't think of the ability to hold the ball in one hand and do anything too spectacular. Um, you know, he was six foot two, 100 kilos. But, you know, what we think about when we think about Boyd Cordner is he's, you know, one of the toughest players to ever play our game. And, and, and why is that? For me, he played in a very, very difficult era. He came up against the greatest state of origin team that we will ever see. There will never be another um, side like Queensland. You know, New South Wales, we're going to have our turn. We're going to have a little bit of a run here. It's going to be pretty special in its own right, but nothing will compare with that Queensland side. Boyd, he went straight up against that. And, And for me, it was the simple things in Boyd's game that I respected, that his teammate respected, and that fans respected. It was those shit carries, Dana. You know, when you're getting absolutely bashed, you're pinned in your own end. You know, some of you, the biggest players on the football field, they're, they're sort of suddenly at the back with the trainer, um, you know, trying to avoid those tough carries. Boyd was in there leading from the front. Um, you know, obviously, we you know, we can talk about how, how it ended again, you know, later on. But, Dana, this guy was as tough as they come those tough carries and, um, you know, just a real leader on the, on, and on and off the field. Yeah, I was going to touch on the leader there. He's just someone that always was had a positive mindset and he always pushed to obviously keep fighting even if you're 30 points down and there's 10 to go. Like, you know, it's the whole not giving up and just trying to push through as much as you can, finding that strength to still make your state or your country proud because that's what you're there to do. You've been selected from a vast majority of people that could have been there, but they chose you for a reason. And, yes, obviously it has to do with your ball skills and how quick you are and your defence and all that kind of stuff, but you also have to remember that it's a team sport, so it's your attitude and how you can build people up. And I think Boyd was just so incredible with that, that that helped push him, and that's something that he, again, needs to be acknowledged for because he was just, like you said, on and off the field, he was just a treasure for the NRL, and he's just, you know, injury-prone a little bit, yes, but I think that doesn't take away from the skill and that he had kind of to put out there for the NRL. Yeah, that's right. And, and no one was salty at Boyd for, you know, maybe missing, you know, the occasional game or because you just knew that this guy was in horrific car accident crashes 
uh, sort of every game. You know, this guy was was in and amongst it. So no, he was he was definitely incredibly tough. And you know, Dana, obviously, we, we don't have enough time to go through every component of his um, successes and his accolades. But let's just touch on what was a bit of a purple period for him in his career. Um, I guess it dates back to 2018, where. You know, he captains his state and, you know, the, the Blues win the series, uh, you know, 2-1. Again, we just spoke about, you know, the unbelievable error for, from Queensland. But, you know, obviously you're sitting on the other other side of the fence there as a Queenslander. So if you take that hat off for a moment, um, Boyd Corner, that would have been very, very special for him to win a State of Origin series in that Blues jumper. Yeah, so that, that 2018 origin like I've got all of my mates in New South Wales so it's hard being a Queenslander in my world but it was something that it was a turning point as well for the side like for New South Wales who had been so abysmal every year like you said they were up against the greatest team that will ever probably exist and you know I will give it to New South Wales that they the team they've got for origin like that general selection they've got coming up is probably one of the greatest that we'll see for their side because of the speedsters and the hard hitters that they've got in that pack. But I think that 2018 moment was just so pivotal and for him to be heading it and to be a part of it, it was just, I was at the game. I was, I go to origin every year. I try to go to a couple games, but I just remember sitting there and like obviously lost. I was a bit sad, but the reaction to the crowd was just, it was uh, next worldly. Like it was, nothing to compare it to apart from like a grand final win, but it was just so nice to see. And then it was just the emotion that came with it um, following that origin success as well, I think is, is something that he needs to be put up for. And he's just something that, again, a lot of people don't think of him when they think of that win. People look at Josh Adokar and Nathan Cleary and that kind of stuff, but you can't go past Boyd being a part of it as well. It was just a purple period. Everything he touched turned to gold. And, and we, we forgot to mention, you know, prior to that State of Origin series in the back of 2017, obviously the rug, uh, Rugby League World Cup, you know, he scores the, the only try in the final to, to beat England. So, you know, he, he, he stars in the World Cup. He captains the New South Wales to an origin victory. Uh, and then Dana, we're going to skip over that uh, 2018 grand final. Thank you very just, much. Just a, just a little bit of pain and suffering there, just to continue. It's not me. good. <laughs> and, 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 and but um, with that as well, he had, he has, you know he also had Cooper Cronk in his back pocket, who had left Storm the year before. But you know that 2018 grand final, it was very hard to watch. Uh, but you know they won 21 to six. It was something that again he was later a part of was cap- then went on to the Australian squad as well, was named the captain after Greg English because he was suspended. And, um, you know, that was something that I think pushed his name out there as well as another great NRL player. Yeah, he elevated himself as one of the game's best players. You know, in, in the entire world, he was definitely um, at, the, at the very top. So, yeah, obviously, the, the, you know, the World Cup, unbelievable performance, um, you know, state of origin. Then he wins the grand final against your mob. How about that? That was, a, that was a pretty special one. Again, more success for Australia. And then let's roll through now to 2019, Dana, and the hits keep coming because as a Queenslander, as a Melbourne Storm supporter, another another difficult season for you. But, you know, Boyd, he obviously backs it up again, captaining the New South Wales to uh, back-to-back origin winning se- um, seasons and back-to-back premierships against Canberra. Um, again, Boyd, absolutely at the at the very, very top of rugby league. Yeah, and again, you've... you've- literally said it all it was that 2019 year I think was the peak of his performance and the hardest part was 
obviously 12 months later, him then retiring kind of thing because of the multiple concussions. But 2019 was definitely like the peak. And it was one of those things that even as a supporter, whether you go for the Roosters or you hate them or you go for New South Wales or you, you know, you go for Queensland, it's something that you see this squad and this talent coming through and you're excited to watch it because you know that they're going to bring good football and it's going to be an exciting game to watch whenever you watch the Roosters play. Even now you sit down, you watch Penrith play a game, you're like, oh, it's going to be good because Penrith are playing. And you have that that standard because they're premiership players and they're the best of the best in, you know, NRL. So I think that's something that a lot of people, again, you, you look over or you just go, oh, no, I don't care. I hate the Roosters for X, Y, and Z. But you've still got to acknowledge the skills that these people have. And, yeah, he was just, you know, 2020 wasn't so much a part of the Roosters, but, you know, played 13 games, got two tries. Like he's still doing well kind of regardless of the injuries that he kind of had going on. Yeah, and Dana, you know, there are quite a few legends of our sport that never won a premiership. Boyd racks up three and obviously pre- prematurely retires because of because of the head knocks and you just you just wonder how many more uh, you know, premierships were in his future. But, hey, listen, three premierships, all those origin victories as captain. Um, you know, he's got a lot of Australian jerseys, I'm sure, hanging up in his house. He he did a great job there. And I guess, Dana, the last point on board, Cordner, is to your point, you think about, you know, the culture and the impact that he's had on that club and, when, and I guess what that means moving forward. Dana, I look at players like your Angus Crichton. You know, I look at Victor Radley, who, yes, he's a little bit of a lunatic on the field, but a quality player. You know, uh, Satili Tupanua, these types of players under the leadership of Boyd Cordner, Boyd was unbelievable during his career, but his leadership, his support and his development of his uh, teammates in and around him are going to ensure that, to your point, the Sydney Roosters are going to be in that top four for the, for the next decade under Trent Robinson. Yeah, and it was something that he he paved that way as well. He helped fix the the mindset and the the teamwork that was needed to obviously pull together back-to-back premierships, which when you say it means not a lot, but to actually go back-to-back in any sport with a premiership is extremely difficult to do. And the fact that he was the head of that is unbelievable. And then you've obviously got to, it is sad to see how it was cut short and like thinking about, you know, and talking about him is how much he could have done because back-to-back premierships, back-to-back origin wins. I'm like, who knows what would have happened if he kept going with the Roosters? Could they have, you know, continued on to that and done a repeat again, maybe gone for a three-peat down the line? But you never know. Um, obviously, you know, you've it comes to a point where you have to put your health first as much as, you know, he probably wanted to continue playing, but it's a decision that's kind of borders on life and death. So, you know, it was entirely his call, but with the series of heads knocks and there's something that's obviously very seriously you need to look at, but nonetheless, he's going to be um, in the hall of fame and he's just, he's a legend kind of through and through in my books at least. Well, that was going to be my, my closing question to you is I won't throw the immortal question at you, but certainly hall of fame. Um, so Danny, you've got him in there. Look for me, uh, easy, you know, I'd, I'd be writing his ticket into there straight away. I just think that, um, you know, he achieved everything in the game um, and, and, and he did it within such a shorter period of time. Um, unbelievable leader, uh, did it at every level. Uh, so, again, Newcastle Knights was sort of just taking some notes here, how to avoid this situation moving forward. But credit to Boyd Cordner on an unbelievable career and everything that he achieved. All right, well, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to 
Yeah, a bit of a fun one this week on the match. Uh, as we look at our Battle of Legends, we head over to Manly Warringah Seagulls. And Dana, we, we see, you know, obviously there's been some very special siblings uh, play the game of rugby league over the years. Uh, I think about a couple of John's brothers who did some special things for the Newcastle Knights. But speaking of Manly, Brett Stewart and Glenn Stewart, they're going to be our focus this week on the match and uh, two incredible players. Dana, Brett Stewart, he's, a, he's an interesting one because I felt like Brett came through when that fullback position was really transitioning. You know, we know that Billy Slater, he's obviously, you know, changed that he's ultimately created that role as like the third playmaker. Brett Stewart came through at a very similar time. It's really hard to pick to pick him out. I mean, six foot one, you know, there wasn't a lot to him, around about 86 kilos, but he was incredibly quick. He was an absolute try-scoring phenomenon there at Brookvale Oval. Talk to us a little bit about Brett Stewart because um, any time he stepped out on a Brookvale Oval, you knew that Brett was scoring one or two tries. He was uh, he was unbelievable for Manly. Yeah, I was, you know, was going to say, I was like, you know, he made his debut in 2003, um, you know, as a replacement for a fullback. Um, Brendan Reeves, which obviously that opened up that position for Brett Stewart, that it came through. And then obviously, like you said, he's dominated, you know, his entire career around it. But yeah, he's just that consistent try scoring um, playmaker with the the ability to kind of change it up and face any any attack issues that he had. He pulled through any defense he got through and he got that ball over that line. And it was just consistent and something that Manly had to kind of push through and looking back at it now, that was kind of like the last real success they kind of had until getting into the finals last year. But I think that was definitely paved the way for that little era of speed and agility that I don't think Manly had seen for a while. And I think that just kind of helped their squad kind of get those points up and kind of move up that the ladder as well and kind of, get the success that they had in those earlier years. Dana, there's a lot of love for Tom Trevojevic, and quite rightly so. He's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. But Manly, you know, they, they have a lot of love for Brett Stewart because he was he was just electric to watch. I mean, he sort of, you know, demonstrated, you know, obviously it's 6 foot uh, 1, you know, he's a taller guy, but again, he's, you know, sort of a slighter frame. But he had the ability to hunt the middle, hunt the ruck, and, you know, was he scoring tries in the first five minutes when everyone was fresh? Not necessarily, but towards the back end of halves, when things started to open up, when forwards started to tie, the worst thing that you would see is Brett Stewart on the inside shoulder coming up through the middle. He was he was devastating, and, and then his his ability to kind of work with his halves, obviously. You know, Kieran Foran and, and a very young Daily Cherry Evans coming through as well, just had the ability to kind of. You know that they were so in sync, and his ability to kind of come through with that with that short kicking game, um, you know, unbelievable. What else can you say? And you know, if you look at his record, two hundred and thirty three games for the Manly Seagulls. I mean, look, let, let's be honest; it's difficult to play one game of first grade, let alone over two hundred. So that's an incredible effort. Um, and then was able to represent um, New South Wales at Origin eight times. Um, you know, he played a game for Australia as well. Dano, probably a little bit of a victim of, you know, the era that he came through there with Billy Slater. There are a couple other fantastic uh, fullbacks, but, you know, just looking at his own playing style, his own ability, very, very special player. Yeah, and I think that you mentioned Billy Slater, but you can't forget the GI was also there down in Storm, and they were kind of named as the faces of rugby league because they were the, the two strongest kind of coming through and they were the two teams to watch. And then obviously... You can't go past the uh, Manly-Melbourne rivalry that's been around since the beginning of time for Melbourne in any way. So 
I think that's something that as a storm supporter, it was kind of ingrained into you to everyone hates Manly except Manly. Um, (laughs) And it was something that you kind of just were a part of, but, you know, you still have to acknowledge the skill that was there. And like you said, he's up against, you know, the Billy Slaters of that early 2000s era of rugby, but I still think he held his own regardless of whether he was facing Melbourne or he was against like a, a pathetic dragon side. He was still a star playmaker that you didn't go away from a manly game without going, how good was Brett Stewart today? And I, and I would be as bold as to say that I feel like the Stewart brothers saved the Manly franchise because, you know, we, we've got to remember this is, a, this is a club that, you know, sort of merged and unmerged with, you know, the, the North Sydney Bears and all the Northern Eagles and they sort of came out of that merger, you know, battered, bruised, you know, didn't have a lot of money, still, still probably don't, you know, behind them. And I just feel like, that you know, these guys were the absolute stars and, you know, you know, with Des Hasler coming into the system, they obviously led, you know, led this team back up to the top winning premierships. And I think the Stewart brothers were a big part of that. And, you know, they opened up the door for, for the next generation of brothers. And, you know, how many Travoyevics are there now? Three, four, five, six. I think there's a, there's a new Travoyevic debuting each and every week. But the Stewart brothers were certainly there before. All right, well, let's flip it over uh, to his competitor tonight. And that's his older brother in Glenn Stewart. Dana, you know, obviously there's, you know, a lot of different ways to play in that second row sort of lock position. Um, There's certainly a lot of ways to do it. But Glenn Stewart, I feel like he was really one of those first players that started to really play with the football. You know, you know, in in those early days, your halfbacks, your five eights, they were the only ones who were allowed to do those significant shifts. But, you know, Glenn Stewart, he was, um, you know, five foot 11, you know, in and around 100 kilos. I I guess he was a big... he thought he was a halfback in a bigger man's body. Talk to us a little bit about Glenn Stewart because his offloads, his ability to play close to the line, he really reinvented the position. And you see, you still see a lot of modern-day forwards um, try and shift the ball around, and I really feel like that's off the back of a lot of things that uh, Glenn Stewart was able to do. Yeah, like you said, he was a very – obviously not as tall as his brother, but, you know, was heavy. So I think that he had that ability to kind of – if he was going to hit you, he was going to hit you hard. Um, but he still had that height, which obviously, you know, helped with the power behind him. And I think that was something that he was always remembered for uh, on the field. You know, he kind of came through and it was guns blazing. Like if you were going up against Glenn Stewart, it was watch out, make sure you've done your legwork because you need that power to be able to stop him um, coming at you because it just, it was hard. And he's just, again, he's obviously him and his brother came through the same time and they were just part of that, that turning point and something that Manly needed to get them to success. Like 2003 to 2014, that's it's 11 years of first grade NRL playing, missing barely any games. He's got 185 under his belt, 27 tries. I just, you know, his accolades, again, line up there. But I think it's just that Kangaroos squad, the 2008 World Cup is something that you've also got to look at. Um, being one of the five, five Manly players were selected for that squad. You wouldn't be able to name five manly players that didn't end in Travojevic at the moment. So yeah, it was it was a golden <laughs> it was era. Just, it was a golden yeah. era for manly, and uh, you know, Glenn, yeah, yeah, very special player. To your point, very, very uh, tough, physical. 
uh, could run a hard line, very dominant in defense as well. He was often picked. At, he was often picked in those representative teams for that. But again, I, I still believe deep down he thinks he's a better playmaker than a lot of halves out there at the moment. And I, I guess you know he, he's got runs on the board. He's you know gifty. Definitely showed his ability to kind of play early. And um, yeah, his combination with Brett was um, pretty special. All right, Dana, no sitting on the fence. We've got a fullback. We've got a second rower. We've got brothers uh, Brett V. Glenn. Where are you going here? think I'm gonna go Glenn just I I like the second rowers I like that they're kind of underappreciated um you know they're just kind of there and but they are the ones that make those hard hits that kind of help the little ones break through and get those you know line breaks and get away and get those tries so yeah I'm going with uh Glenn Stewart yeah no he's definitely a, a bit of a bit of a family favorite my old man he's a massive supporter of Manly and I think still rocks a Glenn Stewart jersey. But look, for me, I'm going to go with Brett. I'm going to show him a little bit of love. I, I just hope that Brett doesn't get lost in, you know, obviously the discussions in around a lot of the great players that were there in and around his time. I really do feel like Brett was an unbelievably special player. And, um, you know, he brought, I, 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 as I mentioned before, I really feel like the Stewart brothers saved the Manly franchise and um, they've gone on to bigger and better things now with, with uh, a lot of the modern day players. But Brett Stewart for me, uh, but a couple of very, very talented siblings there. All right, well, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, easy one for you tonight, Dana. We go down to the Canberra Raiders franchise, who are doing a little bit tough at the moment. But speaking of golden errors, there was a period of time where you know, the green machine, they were definitely feared because they've had some absolute legends um, of the sport play for the Canberra Raiders team. That's my question for you tonight. Who's your favourite retired Raiders player? Uh, so I'm going with the very obvious uh, Laurie Daly. Uh, you know, he was just, he was a complete player um, who was excellent and just, he was just a good player from the get-go. There was, he was one of the most consistent people um, his defense was, you know, an element of success that the Raiders hadn't really seen. Um, but, you know, got three premierships, many finals appearances, a Dally M, um, you know, and then turned around and went on. He's now the Indigenous All-Stars coach, which I think is incredible. Um, you know, his career on and off the field was just impeccable to look at and the highlights are just could go on for hours. So, yeah, mine's Laurie Daly. A very, very special player and, again, physical and incredible ball runner, ball player. Um, Yeah, no, I I definitely, Laurie Daly, a special player. Speaking of special, I don't know where to go here, Dana. I mean, I've got a lot of love for Mal Meninga. I mean, he, you know, you would literally be shitting yourself. You know, if you're in the outside backs, there should be no reason why a guy as big and as physical as Mal Meninga should be anywhere near you in those outside backs. But Mal Meninga absolutely tormented um, players in the in the outside backs. He was an absolute phenomenon. So Mal Meninga gets a special mention for me. But, you know, I've got to give a lot of love for Sticky Stewart, Ricky Stewart. You know, obviously he's known now as the as the cranky, uh, you know, Canberra coach. But, you know, him as a player, you know, he was a very, very talented player. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of shit in his game. He was a massive shit talker, quite arrogant on the football field, which you kind of need to be to be a successful all-time great halfback. Um, and his kicking game was something that, you know, he... You know, he really built his career on and, um, you know, it was something where, 
you know, I, I really feel like the game was starting to shift at that time. His short kicking game, his long kicking game. There were a lot of halves that came after Ricky Stewart that really built their game off the back of Ricky Stewart tape. So a great leader, and he's carried that through in coaching. You know, love him or hate him. You know, Ricky Stewart, Ricky Stewart is a leader of men, um, and a little special plug for the work that he does off the field. You know, for those that don't know, Ricky Stewart's definitely got a softer side to him. He does some great work with charity. So Ricky Stewart, for me, he's really done some incredible things for the Canberra Raiders franchise. All right, Dana, love your work. That's all the time we've got tonight. Um, Always talking uh, our beloved sport, the NRL, all things rugby league. To our listeners, continue to support the NRL show. How do you do this? Well, continue to download the podcast. Don't just listen to the podcast. Download, download, download so we can see you there. Um, And as always, continue to share the podcast with family and friends. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.